Hey everyone, and welcome to the Nintendo Fuse Podcast. This is episode 281, recorded on November 20th, 2023. And my name is Steve, and of course I'm here with Barry and Greg. Barry, how you doing? Doing well. Doing well. It's been a busy two weeks, but doing well. <laughs> it's been. And Greg, how are you? I'm doing well too. It's also been a pretty busy the last few weeks here too. So yeah. I realized I actually didn't get my full list put into the sheet for just a few minutes nice nice well you know people that are listening and and even watching like they don't they don't know that we plan these things behind the the scenes and you have to put that in the list you know it's a peek behind the curtain there yeah (laughs) well uh yeah it has been a busy week but we are back with this episode and we're going to be talking about a lot of different stuff tonight we're going to be giving you some a rundown over the Black Friday deals that uh, are going to be happening really, really soon. Some of them are already started. We're going to be talking about uh, a movie, the Nintendo's next movie that they have announced. Also, uh, the Indie World Showcase reactions and also Game Award nominations and several other headlines that we're going to get into in this episode. But before we do any of that discussion, I just want to remind you guys to follow us on social media. We are at Nintendo Fuse, and we'd love to have you following us all over there. Uh, speaking of Black Friday deals and stuff like that, when we find stuff, we'll post it in there, but also we'll post it in our Discord, which you should definitely jump into our Discord. Uh, the link is on the screen, but also in the show notes and the YouTube description, and as well as our social media links as well. So we'd love to have you jump in there in that growing community. We have actually have a, a separate a dedicated channel for holiday deals uh, in there as well. So um, a lot of different community members are going to be throwing different deals as they find them, throwing them in that channel. And so that's going to be a, a great place for you to find some stuff like that over this holiday season if you're looking to save some money on video games. But uh, let's jump in because we have a lot to cover in this episode. And as always, we're going to start with what we have been playing. And we'll go to Barry first. Yeah, so uh, my list is a little bit long. I'm sure Steve saw it and was like, oh my god. Um, so I've done a couple of things. Uh, Pokemon Unite on the Switch, uh, still doing that as usual. Pokemon Scarlet uh, went and did, did a, a seven-star EV raid this past weekend that I totally was didn't even realize, but my wife started the DLC. I was like, oh, look, there's an EV raid. And I was like, oh, it's seven-star. That means a lot of people don't realize they do these seven-star raids, and these are po- perfect Pokemon. So if you do the raid, it's 100% catch. It's an absolute perfect Pokemon at level 100. So uh, it's really nice they do these, but the raids themselves are the challenge. Um, so it's always fun to try and figure out ways to beat them. And then, of course, you get rewarded with the Pokemon and a bunch of stuff. So I did that. Uh, Tetris 99, which usually only pops up when there's a new theme. And we talked about it last time, but I went and almost forgot the Mario uh, RPG theme. So I did that. I, I went ahead and got that out of the way. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I went back to that for the final the final uh, set of tracks. Played through those and uh, had some fun again with those. Uh, and then a game that was sent to me by review, because Steve's not the only one that just gets random games thrusted on him. <laughs> uh, it was a game called Enchanted Portals. Uh, so this is a action platformer. Looks like Cuphead. Stylized like Cuphead. Wants to be Cuphead but is not Cuphead. And it is boring. Like, the, the <laughs> bosses are challenging, but the levels themselves are just boring. You see everything in, in each section of the level within the first 
five to 10 seconds of the level. And then it just repeats ad nauseum for mm-hmm. like five minutes of holding to the right. <laughs> and, and it's just, I want it to be cool because it goes to different worlds. The portals go to different themed worlds and the, the art is beautiful. The definitely developers that looked at Cuphead said we could do something very similar. Uh, so I thank you for the code. Uh, I did not enjoy the game because I felt it was boring. There's challenge, though. If you like the challenging bosses of Cuphead and you want more of that, uh, give this a try. I don't know if the bosses were terribly challenging because they were hard or because they were just bullet sponges. But, uh, but yeah, so I did play that. Another game that I got that is for review, but I actually can't talk about it right now because it's under embargo. But we did talk about it last time, which is Cetris from East Asia Soft. Uh, it was part of their showcase, so I did get a code to review, and I did play, but that's about all I could say right now until next time. Uh, on the NSO side, I did decide to go to play the Mysterious Muramasa Castle, which, again, we talked about last time. Really was like expecting this to be more like Zelda 1, and it is like Zelda 1, except the enemies don't stop. They just keep coming relentlessly, and... I didn't know where to go. I was just walking around, but because the enemies never stopped, it was just barrage of enemies. Even if I killed them, they just kept respawning. Uh, so I did not really enjoy it, uh, which is a shame. And uh, you know, I might have enjoyed it more back in the NES days, but it was like you know, on Japanese, trying to figure this out. I'm like, ah, I don't really have the time for it. Like I was really hoping for Zelda One again, but with ninjas, and it was not. So I tried it. Okay, I played it. But that's about it. Uh, last last time I was playing Star Ocean Second Story R, phenomenal JRPG. I did finish it, uh, and by finish it I mean I beat the game and I got several of the endings. There was 90 endings depending on which characters you have, what their relationship status is. Um, I did not go for all the endings. I beat it once, uh, and that was fine with me. It's such a great game, though. If you if you love classic JRPGs, give it a shot. Uh, speaking of classic JRPGs, Super Mario RPG came out. And I beat it in two days. <laughs> I played on the easiest difficulty, but I played the game at nauseum from Super Nintendo, so I knew what to expect. Uh, you know, tons of fun. I beat QLX before I beat Smithy. Like, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, they did make the game easier. Uh, I'm not talking just the breezy difficulty. They made the game easier in two ways, uh, two other ways. One is you have a meter now. The more you do perfect uh, hits, or perfect defenses, it fills up a meter at 100%. If you only have two party members, Toad will give you an item. And if you have three party members, they'll do a triple attack or, or do some kind of triple bonus uh, that could be a defensive one. But that helps make it easy. But, but the big thing is when you do a perfect hit, it will now hit every enemy on screen. Mm. So it makes battles insanely easy. Like even Kulex, where his four crystals, like every time you attack one crystal, they all take lesser damage, but they all take damage. So it does make it easier. And I honestly appreciate that uh, because I've played the game already. Uh, however, there is post-game. There, in post-game, there's six battles. Uh, they're all rematches, but they're unique rematches. Like you can't just go like, I'm just going to push A to win. Like they actually have real strategy and a lot of them have one-hit kills, like that will kill your entire party if you don't know what to do. So they were challenging, they were fun. Um, I'm glad I did them. The reward was not truly worth it, other than I'm doing it. Um, so uh, I'm glad I was able to do it. I'm glad they came out. Glad more people can play this game. I highly recommend it. Uh, did not expect to beat it as quickly as I did, but I did. 
Uh, I just, it, I was addicted. Then, you know, I was like, all right, just gonna play this. It's it's like comfort food almost, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I'm started Persona Five Tactica, which came out the same day, and that is uh, a game I do not normally like the strategy yeah. role playing games, but it's Persona Five, and Persona Five <laughs> characters and world I really do like. Uh, is it Mario? It, it, it's like Mario and Rabbids, but it's not at the same time. Like there's the one thing I wish it had from Mario and Rabbids was the traversal, like the ability to like jump on each other's heads and move mm-hmm. and stuff like like that was so like expand your range. I got so used to that that when doing this, like I can't do that. Uh-huh. And and there's no slide either where Mario you could slide and then you could still attack. In this one, you can you get one action only one action. So unless unless you do a critical, or or um you hit a weakness and then you can do get do once again. But uh, so you could you could go up right to the enemy and, and use a melee and that's it. That's your one attack. But there are other cool things you can do um, in the personas. Everyone can now have multiple personas and hmm. different different abilities and different spells. And it's it is fun. The combat is fun. Um, and and the story is great. There's way more story than I anticipated. Uh, it's not like Mario had like Mario and Rabbids had like an overworld that you can run around and do little things. This is literally story, 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 mission. Story, 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 mission. And the side quests that you can do, and those are challenging. They're like, oh, kill everything in one turn. And you're <laughs> like, wait, well, it's like a puzzle. It's like you have to have the right personas and the right moves. Wow. And so there's a lot to it. It's Do I recommend it? The answer is yes, especially if you like Persona. Um, but there's a lot, a lot of story, a lot of, a lot of mystery. Um, and it's, it's a decent-sized length. I beat the first... There's kingdom. There's four kingdoms. I beat the first one. It's like 22 missions. I'm like 22 battles. I'm like, okay, wow. So I'm anticipating 88 battles, and I looks up. It was 52. I'm like, oh, so the first kingdom is the biggest, at least in terms of battles. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. The others could have more story, but it it is fun. I do recommend it, and I will be continuing that. On the PS5 side, uh, Tales of Arise: Beyond the Dawn, which is the sequel to Tales of Arise, came out to little fanfare. So normally I don't buy digital games, but it was a digital DLC, the only way to get it. Uh, and I enjoyed it. It was a nice little epilogue, a lot of fan service, uh, you know, very short, very truncated. Like you're in one town. Oh, we need to go to this other town. And you leave the town through like the north path and you're instantly in the other town. Like they just omitted the rest of the world. Like, you, like every zone was truncated down to just one, one of the zones out of like four that you used to explore in the main, main game. Uh, it's fun. Uh, definitely don't play it unless you played the the original um, by far. But it was good. Uh, I did go back to Legend of Heroes: Trails into Reverie as well, where I uh, I didn't do all the memories. There's a lot of memories, uh, which like there's so much so much story to that game that they had like here's backstory that you don't need to see, but if you want to see and love the characters. And I got a little burnt out because I played so much of that so quickly. So I'm like, all right, now I'm going to go back and I'm going to finish it. So I did. Uh, and then finally on the PC, Final Fantasy XIV, still doing stuff there. And on mobile, still playing Mario Kart Tour. Nice, nice. We're going to go to the chat real quick. And uh, speaking of the chat, if you have never joined us live, we go live at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time and 5.30 p.m. Pacific Time uh, pretty much every other Monday, uh, unless we're taking breaks for the holiday season. And uh, yeah, we'd love to interact with you guys during the live show. So we got Jesse Glenn who's chimed in and says uh, he just finished 
uh, cataloging all of his 3DS games in a spreadsheet. So much work. He's got like 215 games or so and four new 3DS games. So that that does sound like a lot of work, but uh, congratulations for finishing that. Uh, Greg, what have you been up to over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, so there's actually been a little bit of like a gaming like interlude as like the was like finished with like Mario Wonder and was kind of like on like the waiting for the games that were coming out this week. So um, I had finished up the might. Uh, Might and Magic Clash of Heroes that was ported over to Switch at some point this year, so it's still a great game and still very good gameplay in my eyes anyways. I know it's very much meant for more of the mobile nature, but it still feels like fun to play. And I mean, it's not like the mobile nature as in like microtransactions, it's more like the touchscreen thing that it's a lot easier to be done, like just instead of trying to use a controller type control scheme, I guess, but... Yeah, it was a great game, and I was glad to get that uh, wrapped up before these holiday hitters are coming down. So um, I actually didn't pick up Mario RPG quite yet, but that's definitely going to be happening in the coming days here. Um, I did pick up Hogwarts Legacy, but I haven't really got past in just beyond just creating my own character and getting everything all set up. So I apparently had to like create like a Pottermore account and then get sorted into a house and then figure out which wand I need to have and all that stuff so I can get linked to get all the different goodies or whatever within the game because you get unlock like special robes and some different costumes and stuff if all that's your account is linked and whatever so I was barely just getting all that stuff like finished so I haven't actually dove into any actual gameplay it's all the customizations and account linking stuff that I was playing through today um, but in terms of actual other games that I was playing I was I like to look at Dragon Quest Treasures. So apparently I'd bought that at some point over the last year and um, I haven't really even opened it up at all. So I finally saw that it was on my Switch and I was like, all right, let's see what this is all about. So I started playing through that and it so far it's been pretty fun and got a few of the main islands and set up my own like home base and a few things there and got a number of monsters already recruited. And so far it's been most part pretty fun, but I do kind of wish that the autosave feature was a little bit nicer because <laughs> I find myself exploring through almost like Breath of the Wild style, then all of a sudden you end up in like, oh, I'm dead. And then like, oh, wow, that really took me back like over half an hour gameplay that I have to now redo and refine all the treasures and kind of remember which like route I was taking and all that. So unfortunately, I Wish the autosave was a bit nicer so that you didn't have to like save every time you were gonna be going off somewhere. But other than that, it's been pretty fun. I mean, I know I'm usually more of the ter- turn based style gameplay guy, but I mean, I was able to handle Zelda, so thankfully it's not too, too bad in this. And it's not like Xenoblade crazy where you have to like tell this monster to like do a certain attack and then it doesn't do any damage unless I do another attack kind of complexity. So, um, Thankfully, that part is uh, good there. So, it's so far, it's been like I was saying, it's been a pretty fun time. I don't know if either of you have played it or whatever. Barry probably has. Oh yeah, I loved Dragon Quest Treasure. I was so happy to see you play it. I played it. I think it came out last year, and I I completed the game like all the way uh, as far as I could do it. And I I think it's one of those underappreciated titles. It's like a spiritual successor to the Dragon Quest Monsters series, which is ironic because we're getting a new Dragon Quest Monsters. 
Um, but yeah, it is a great game, especially if you played Dragon Quest XI, because it is a prequel to Dragon Quest XI. Hmm. I mean, I didn't really get too far into Dragon Quest XI. That's also my backlog list. I did create a backlog folder for all these games I get into. But um, yeah, I did check out Mario Kart 8 Deluxe to see the, all the new characters and the new courses. So it's glad to see that that's all um, fully complete now. So bring on Mario Kart 9 already. So <laughs> um, yeah, the new courses are pretty good. Um, I do really like some of the new characters. I feel like they, like Pauline, I was using a lot, and even Diddy controlled really well for me. At least I know I used like the lighter and lighter medium type characters. And I know my daughter's been using like Peachette quite a lot, and she really seems to like that using her. Um, yeah, and then I also did some Mario Kart aces with my friend. He helped me through a few more tournaments on the online mode, and was kind of having fun going back and forth there. I hadn't really played it a whole lot over the time it's been out, but it was just kind of fun to be able to jump in and mess around with some matches of Mario Tennis. Um, and then pretty much the standard stuff of like the Simpsons tapped out, Roblox and stuff. And then I actually did feel compelled to open up Super Mario Run again. So um, <laughs> after I completed every other Mario title 100%, I wanted to go back and get those black coins I missed on all the levels. So I've been kind of slowly doing that grind there next a few days here nice nice i also opened up mario run the last couple weeks <laughs> yeah i i didn't play it um really but i was just kind of poking around and it's just like one of those days where i was like hmm like what else is on my phone oh yeah mario run haven't opened that in a while and just like poking around to see see what would it look like and if they updated or anything but yeah haven't actually didn't actually play the game um, but, uh, yeah, other games that I've been playing, uh, I've been playing quite a bit of, of Tears of the Kingdom, still kind of plugging away. Um, I just am almost, I'm at the boss of the, the fire temple and, um, man, those mine carts are annoying. Uh, <laughs> Hey, there's, those are, uh, really, really annoying to, um, to get through, to know like where to go and, and all that stuff. What order? Because you're saying, like, I'm at the boss of the Fire Temple, but you could do the Fire Temple first, you could do the Fire Temple last. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is the third one for me. <clears throat> so, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, so I think the the biggest thing for me, like, has been, like, it's not it's not difficult, like, um, and even getting through the the area you need to get through to, to get there was not super difficult for me. I mean, it's, it's a pain in the but cause it's so dark. Um, but, um, but then you put out whatever those things called the, the glow and, and it's, it's perfectly fine. Um, but getting through those mine carts and like figuring out which one goes where and, and all that stuff was, it was just annoying. <laughs> it wasn't anything else. It wasn't like annoying, like bad annoying, but it was just like annoying. Like, why can't I figure this out? <laughs> like, where do I need to go? And, uh, I think the one that you have to, to attach the, the rocket to, to kind of blast over some section there's another one that i kept going to like two times in a row i put it on the wrong track and i was blasted up there i was like i only got one rocket left i need to make sure that i don't lose this thing um but uh and then there was another place where i i blasted open something and a big block fell down but i have no idea what to use it for like i carried it around for a while and i decided just to give up on it um but it was like one of those big boxes that 
I couldn't do anything with. I don't know if it was there for some other purpose, but I don't know. Um, but anyway, uh, it's been really fun enjoying that. And then, uh, of course, been playing Rocket League. Um, not as much uh, lately, but I haven't been playing it. Uh, playing Pokemon Go quite a bit more um, because it's been one of those things that I've, like I've said on past episodes, uh, I, I started getting more into it again uh, since I've been traveling a lot more. And it's pretty much just once or twice a day where I'll, I'll open it now and uh, catch what I can and then kind of move on. Uh, but it's been fun to get back into that. And I've got tons of Pokemon that I have not even seen yet because um, I put pretty much like took two or three years off of the game. <laughs> so I've got a, a lot of catching up to do. Uh, and then I also picked up um, a game that I've been looking at for a long time. And uh, they put it on sale the other day, and I got ended up getting uh, Forza Horizon 5 on Xbox. And um, it's been fun to, to play around with that. I played Horizon 4 quite a bit um, and uh, some of the other Forza games. But, um, yeah, it's been it's been fun to uh, to play. It looks fantastic. I, I was kind of on the fence because I was like, do I hold off and wait till Horizon 6? But I've been hearing rumors that Horizon 6 might be pushed back again. So potentially 20 like late 2024 or even 2025 and so it's like okay i can just go ahead and grab horizon 5 now and enjoy it <laughs> but if it if it was like coming out next month then i was just gonna hold off but uh but since it's i'm at least a year away if not more i decided to go ahead and pull the trigger on horizon 5 because they're all like 50 percent off or something like that right now so uh, but that's been pretty fun so again if you uh have are joining us live, let us know what you've been playing in the chat room. But if you uh, are joining us later um, here on YouTube, if you're watching the video version on YouTube, you can let us know in the comments, but also you can let us know in Discord or on social media as well. But let's move into what uh, some, some big news is going on uh, that we need to discuss. And there's lots of different things that we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to start with the most immediate thing because this this is Black Friday week, and uh, we have lots of different sales going on, lots of different things that are uh, going on sale. Nintendo has, of course, posted their holiday gift guide. So if you go to the Nintendo website, uh, nintendo.com, you can head up to uh, the holiday gift guide that's at the very top and shows you lots of different things that they have on sale specifically uh, from Nintendo. You can buy a lot of these on their website, but also uh, you can head to uh, Amazon or Best Buy or GameStop or whatever they're, they're linking to on there as well. I think Walmart is what they also link to on there. So make sure you head over to Nintendo.com to check out that list and everything. But uh, one of the, the sites we want to just go to right now is IGN. Um, IGN did a great job of just running down some of the best deals that are out there. So I just want to kind of hit some highlights. Um, as we scroll down on the video version, you can see what's going on. Um, there is the Smash Brothers OLED uh, Black Friday deal. It's, um, I think it's normally, they're saying normally $417. I don't know where that, I haven't seen that price, but I guess it's on sale for four, uh, $349. And then, of course, they have the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Bundle. But then there's also all these other uh, deals as well. So I think they're doing the Switch Lite deals with the Animal Crossing-style uh, Switch Lights. And also a bunch of different games. So um, you can get uh, Turtles, the Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection, Mario and Rabbids, Super Mario Odyssey, Kirby's Return to Dreamland, uh, 
Metal Gear Solid Collection, Octopath Traveler 2, Dragon Quest Treasures, uh, Harvestella, and the list goes on and on and on. I'm not going to list them because I don't want to just, you know, list a whole bunch of games in a row uh, here on the podcast. But there's tons of different games that are going on for the official uh, Best Buy Black Friday sale. So make sure you check out Best Buy. Amazon's also got some sales. You can get Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope on Amazon for $15 for Black Friday. That's a steal for this amazing game. So if you've not gotten Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope, apparently Ubisoft does not like money and they love marking down their games. So make sure you get that 15 bucks over on Amazon. Uh, Super Mario Party is uh, going for half off. So that's 30 bucks over on uh, GameStop, as well as a bunch of other games that they're, they've are they got on sale. Skyward Sword HD, also 30 bucks. Bravely Default 2, 30 bucks. Uh, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, 30 bucks. Uh, WarioWare Get It Together for 25. Um, another game that I'm not going to be able to pronounce, but uh, hopefully maybe Barry can do this. Is it Take Taiko no Tatsujin? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, I did my best. Uh, so that's uh, Rhythm uh, Festival is, is 10 bucks um, over on GameStop. And then it's important for you to know that the Super Mario Brothers movie uh, is on sale on Amazon for $8.67. So if you've been holding off, that's a great deal. Also, Amazon is doing 10% off of their uh, the online 12-month membership for NSO. So it's normally it's 20 bucks, but they've got it on sale for $17.99. And you can get a $20 eShop card for $18 or a $35 eShop card for $31.50. So you can save money that way. Um, they've also got a Super Mario Party and Joy-Con bundle that we talked about on our previous episode. That's uh, $99 and several other deals as well. Nintendo also, right before we went live, posted all their cyber deals as well. So there's up to 50% off on select games. You can head over to Nintendo.com. Uh, to see all those deals, including Super Mario Odyssey, Just Dance 2014, Fire Emblem Engage, uh, including their the Expansion Pass, Red Dead Redemption, Myth Force, Bayonetta 3, Live Alive, Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope, uh, which is actually more expensive digitally than it is on the $15 Amazon physical deal, uh, Luigi's Mansion 3, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Fay Farm, Lego 2K Drive, Tunic, and the list goes on and on, but lots of different games that are on sale. What is standing out to you guys? Barry, what about you first? So many things. I mean, there's so many great games. Uh, obviously, that Mario and Rabbids, uh, real steal, 15 bucks. Um, that is insane. Uh, Dragon Quest Treasures is there. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is there. Um, Octopath Traveler 2. Uh, just so many so many games that are just must plays as far as i'm concerned uh at least according to my take or my tastes and uh it's it's overload like like for those that didn't get a lot of games this year and we've been waiting for this time like you could get so many great games right here and not buy another game for like the next year and you're set like there's so many Thanks God, it's weird to see Travis Strikes again up there. Like that was an early switch. I think it was 2018, January 2018. I think it was a first year release. Uh, like I, you know, it's. I used to look forward to this time of year and loved it, but since I've gone for the set for the Switch, because like 
it just doesn't do anything for me because I'm like, shit, I already have this, you know? Uh, but, like, it's an exciting time for sure. And uh, I hope that people give some games they might not have been sure about a chance. Like, everyone should just go buy Xenoblade Chronicles 3 right now. Just just buy it. Just trust me, you're fine. Um, you know, just that that's what, that's what we should see. That, that, the whole thing should just be Xenoblade. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. How how much is it? Is it like 30, 40 dollars? Forty forty dollars. Like which is a steal. Yeah. You can get like easily if you really wanted like two hundred hours out of that. Mm-hmm. Like like for forty bucks. I'm sorry. That's that's like going to the movies with a friend and and getting a two hour movie and like mm-hmm. <laughs> like that. There's so many. Oh, there's Doki Doki up there. I see it on the screen. That's another great game. Death's Gambit is fun. Uh, so many good games. Like it's it's insane, the amount of games on this system and good games on this system is just astronomical. It's it's almost feels like it's compensating for the Wii U's failure at this point, <laughs> overcompensating. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, yeah, uh, Greg, anything that uh, stands out to you that's on sale right now or going to be on sale soon? Um, at least. For one that I'll be picking up personally, it was probably actually Super Bomberman R2. I didn't realize that that's already on Super Sale. So, like, that's one that I'll be for sure getting for myself and quite possibly, like, you know, it's like the Great Ace Attorneys or maybe even Professor Layton type games that I've been dying to get into. And I've been seeing them on, like, these lists as well. But for anyone that's looking for Switch games, there's, as Barry was saying, there's really something for everyone. I mean, you can get awesome classics like Mario Odyssey and I think Breath of the Wild was on here, right? Like the first one that mm-hmm. you can get for like a little bit of a discount. So, I mean, there's certainly plenty of awesome, incredible like Switch games, even though some of them are older. Um, there's not really a lot of opportunities where they actually are on sale, though. So if you're just getting a new Switch this holiday season, like it's... you time to kind of stock up on some games and you can maybe disperse them over like the year as like presents or something because there's as various like, was saying just saying there's just so many great games that are here they can easily pick up for an absolute steal and still have plenty of hundreds and thousands of hours of gameplay depending if you like rpgs to go towards like xenoblade or like even like the standard action games like zelda or mario and then there's even i was really surprised to see Fire Emblem Engage on there. Like that just came out in January and like I don't feel like you get a, a newer game that came out this year already down to forty dollars. So um, Well Super Bomberman R two just came out like true. a month ago. <laughs> well I mean that's Konami though. So I mean that's they follow the normal pattern of get all the people that buy them, like pre order them and then take their sixty dollars and then a month later, then they just drop it down to like the super sale at twenty dollars. That's how Assassin's Creed and everything else of those have done for years now. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if the game just came out like last month, like it's already on super sale. So that's true. Yeah, I mean, the actual published games by Nintendo was always quite a steal to see like all these like discounted like thirty three percent off at like forty dollars. So. Definitely would highly recommend like Xenoblade for people that want like long JRPGs, Fire Emblem for the tactical strategies, Mario Odyssey, and a bunch of other great games from the first few years of the Switch are still hold up easily today. So 
lots to look into and potentially could be a lot of good Christmas presents this season for people that just getting those uh, Switch, the Mario Party Deluxe bundle and the Super Smash Bros. bundle. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And if you could, if you haven't not checked out the sales and deals page on Nintendo's website, um, if you were watching the video version, that's what we were just scrolling before I switched back over to IGN. And the my fingers are tired for scrolling. Like it just kept going on and on and on uh, because it's not just Nintendo games. That like, you got WB games, Bethesda on there. You got like all these other companies that are also doing a ton of cyber deals. So if you're okay with getting some digital games. Um, definitely check over there. Like all the Lego games are on sale. Um, there's an Overwatch 2 sale that's going on as well. Like all, all this, this amazing content that's like 20, 30, 40, sometimes like 70 or 80% off as well. So make sure you head over there. Um, Barry, anything else that people should be aware of as they think about the holiday season, trying to save money on games, especially the, the, the physical stuff. Cause I know you're, you're, of course you're getting going for the whole set of switch games, buying them right as soon as they come out. But if people are wanting to pick up some games that are already out, where, where's some good places to go for, for physical sales? Well, I mean, you could do always go give Bezos money with Amazon, right? It's just, it's easy. It's, it's, it's done. You just pretty much say, you know, I want this game, and it just shows up. They just bill your credit card at this point. Um, Best Buy. Uh, important to show Best Buy that, you know, physical sales matter um, because they're starting to phase it out. Uh, Walmart, Target, same thing. Just really try and show stores, hey, you want physical games. And of course, we want to do shameless plug, premiumeditiongames.com. Uh, absolutely, you know, get yourself some really good games for, for Christmas gifts and Hanukkah gifts. And and uh, you don't want to miss out. Eagle Island Twist and Love 3 just came back in. Glowing reviews. They came out amazing. Nice. Nice. So I thought we would just give it a chance to talk about some other things. Of course, the the Mario games, the Zelda games. If you're looking to buy people, you know, gifts this this holiday season, um, those are all, of course, great ones to go to. We've talked about a lot of games that we enjoy here. But what else should people be thinking about during this holiday season that are like maybe accessories or other things that they should be able to you know stay on the lookout for? I'm going to say from the very beginning, I think um, a good micro SD card. Amazon sends those things on sale all the time. So if you're looking to get a 512 card or even a terabyte, something big to stick a lot of games on digitally, especially taking advantage of all those uh, different sales. Um, make sure you look on, keep look on, keep a lookout for all the uh, different micro SD cards that go on sale around this time of year. Also, I got a, uh, some headphones, uh, some earbuds the other day that work really well with the Nintendo Switch so far. So it's called uh, their J Lab uh, earbuds, and they also have a a built in microphone that you can attach to them as well. So has a little boom mic, and uh, it comes in a nice uh, rechargeable case. And everything. So, if you're looking for some, you know, really small earbuds that have some good battery life, good sound to be able to use with your Nintendo Switch, now that you can finally, you know, connect Bluetooth uh, earbuds to it, uh, the J Lab, uh, I believe they're called the Work Buds, are the ones that I have with the with the attachable boom or detachable boom microphone. Um, but anything else that, that stands out to you guys? They're like, you know, if if you're looking for gaming kind of things beyond the games and the, and the consoles themselves. Anything else people should uh, kind of keep their eye out for this this holiday season? Greg, anything come to mind? 
Um, it kind of like a few of these like will depend on if you are playing like a more like in handheld mode versus like having a dock. So um, pretty much if you are having a dock or even just doing tabletop mode, like a um, pro controller are always very good things to have. I don't think there's any like super sales on them, but even then, if you're going to be a new Switch owner, those are usually very good controllers to have that have very excellent battery life and compatible with just the majority of the Switch library outside of like the Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee or there may be a few other titles here and there, but basically the vast majority of them, it's more than uh, compatible and will work with them. Um, also, if, I mean, if you are more handheld, I would definitely recommend like one of those like, uh, little grip things because I know at least for people that have like possibly like more like adults, like size hands, like you might get some cramping in them. So like usually those ergonomic like uh, grips are usually make it a little bit more um, functional and holding and much easier to hold and have like longer sessions in handheld mode. So, I mean, it just kind of depends on the nature of the way you use the switch or will be using the switch versus dock versus undock. But those are at least the, some must have accessories in my eyes for definitely any switch owner really. Cool. Cool. So Barry, I know you're talking a lot about Barbie games in the, in the <laughs> chat right now with Jesse, but uh, anything else people should be keeping their eyes out for in terms of accessories or something like that? Uh, I'm a big fan of the Hori Switchpad Pro or the, uh, the newer version that's less bulky. It's a little more compact. Um, big fan of those because Joy-Con hurt my hands when I play portably, which is very rarely. But when I do, I usually play with those because uh, they're, just, they're more comfortable for me. And I, I think they're really well made. And they've got so many great designs. There's Tears of the Kingdom now. There's Mega Man. There's Pac-Man. There's a, there's a ton of different designs. Eevee for Pokemon. Uh, that's definitely one thing I would do. A good carrying case. If you're doing portable, um, definitely get a good carrying case. And uh, like you mentioned, the, uh, the SD card is so important. It fills up faster than you could realize. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely get that. Um, that's that's probably the main a pro controller if you don't have a pro controller and you're just getting the system uh the, the dog thing with the joy cons is fine it's serviceable but you get your hands on a pro controller you're not going to want to play any other way like it is really that good of a controller and uh you know the the problem with the joy cons is the buttons are vertical so the right analog stick is directly below the buttons and the left analog stick is directly above the d-pad and when you're playing a game, it's much more comfortable to go diagonal than it is to go up and down. And uh, you play the Joy-Con, and, and then you go play the Pro Controller, and then try to go back, and you'll be like, oh, that, this is not good. Like, can, Is it serviceable? Yes. Can you do it? Yeah. But when you get used to it, especially if you play on PlayStation and Xbox or, or PC with a gaming controller, every other controller is at a diagonal. So to go vertical, it's so jarring. So I def and the, the Switchpad Pro is a little more diagonal as well, so it it definitely makes it feel better. So that that's my recommendations for things other than games. Cool. And I also say make sure you check out the refurbished page on Nintendo's website as well um, if you're looking for uh, a Switch. But also, um, I love having I think I think I have like three or four docks back when they used to sell them separately in stores. Um, Walmart had a sale one time, and I picked up like I think I have three of them. Um, that I have 
one in my living room, one in my office, and I have one that I can travel with. So it's it's really handy if you do, especially for a holiday season. Um, if you're taking your Switch over to family members or friends and you want to take it over there, they don't have a Switch that you can pop yours in there. Um, you may want to uh, look for an extra dock as well. And a lot of times they sell those on the Nintendo website, and I think you can get them refurbished for, for not bad as well. So something to, to keep an eye out for um, as well. So let's move on to our next topic, uh, something that I did not think that we were going to be talking about on this episode at all, but it is no longer a rumor because Shakira Miyamoto has come up and, and said we are actually getting a live action Zelda movie. So the, the Super Mario Brothers movie, the animated movie has done so well, they're gearing up and just moving forward, not doing it animated though. They're going live action. So of course, lots of different rumors. People are talking all the time about who they're going to be fan casting and all that stuff. But let's go quickly go through Nintendo uh, Life's uh, article just to kind of talk about what we do know about this movie. So first of all, the director is Wes Ball. Wes has done several movies. Uh, he's most, I think, known for the Maze Runner uh, films, but also he's uh, doing the Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes as well. That's going to be coming out um, this next May. So he definitely knows what he's doing. Uh, and then the writer is uh, Deadline has reported that it's Derek Connolly is writing. Uh, Derek Connolly is best known for his collaborations with Colin Trevorrow, and they've written all the th all three of the uh, Jurassic World movies, along with Kong Skull Island and the Detective Pikachu movie. So Connolly knows what he's doing. He's also, uh, I think, been connected to uh, Rise of the Sky Rise of Skywalker and also Duel of the Fates. Um, which, you know, maybe has some mixed uh, thoughts around there, but he, he was connected with the first draft of Rise of the Skywalker, so not the final version of that, so don't hold that against him. Uh, and then the producer is Avi Arid, and some of you may know Avi Arid. Uh, he is very well known in the superhero world of things. He was uh, did a lot of the Spider-Man movies, as well as the newest animated uh, Spider-Man movies, uh, X-Men Last Stand, Iron Man, Venom, Morbius. Don't hold on that. Don't hold that against him either. Uh, but also um, did the, the Bratz movie <laughs> as well. Um, but lots of different great uh, action superhero uh, nerd culture kind of movies under his belt. So uh, it seems like he'd be a great producer for this. And uh, yeah, we don't know the cast or the release date at all right now. We just know that they're partnering with Sony to pull this off. Uh, so Sony is going to be partnering with them and and putting some money toward the 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 movie as well. So interesting choices around. I think they're doing a pretty good job with the with the producer, writer, and director so far. But that's all we know. Uh, what do you guys think about this this uh, information just coming out of the blue? And then we could maybe talk about some, you know, of our own fan casting. But uh, first of all, what do you think about hearing this, Barry? I did like a triple take. I'm like, no, is this really like I was checking like the Twitter handle. I'm like, is this the fake Nintendo? Like, is this this real Miyamoto himself is like, what? No, is this this can't be real. Like, got confirming never tweeting it. It's in Japanese, reading the English, reading the chat. Like, it took forever for me to really believe. I'm like, it's not April. Um, and then when I realized, oh my God, this is legit. I'm like, all right, 
this is awesome. And then, of course, you know, the people online going like, oh, you know, it's, it's, it should be animated. This is going to suck, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, gee, people are already dooming and glooming it before it even starts. Like, God, your life sucks if you just hate things instantly you hear it. Like, give things a chance. It could turn out terrible, but I hope they learn from Mario 93. And clearly, with the animated Mario movie, they did learn. But Detective Pikachu was live action, and that was good. So, you know, let's let's give it a chance. But no, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm curious if they're going to go the Zelda animated series route and have Link actually talk. Or are they just going to have a silent protagonist? Because that's going to be really weird. Like, some some RPGs do silent protagonists, but you can still choose an option. And at least they're talking that way. But Link doesn't talk in the games. And it's going to be really weird to have a character not talk at all in a movie. Uh, so I, I hope they talk. And I really hope they throw in an excuse me, princess. I really, just in a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing, they've got to toss it in there. And maybe uh, I'm so hungry I can eat an Octorok. We could, we could <laughs> let that one come in there too. Yeah. If if we if we've learned anything from the Mario animated movie, they really like to throw in a bunch of Easter eggs. So it wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, this conversation actually takes me back to uh, several years ago on this podcast, and and uh, when I believe we were talking about what an animated movie would be or a, a Zelda movie would be like, I think that was the topic of the conversation. When all of a sudden, for some reason, we just started yelling like Link does. And I remember my wife coming in wondering if I was okay. So, because <laughs> I think we're just going, ah, ah, ah. And that would be really funny if that's all he did in the movie as well. Um, no, Greg, I think that would be bad. <laughs> yeah, it would be bad, but it'd be really funny though. They could, they could also work in an Easter egg like that. Maybe that's all he does for the first like 30 seconds and then... Then he actually has a voice or the something. The movie is just Navi just going, hey, listen. There you go. Hello. <laughs> Greg, what you, uh, what'd you think when you saw this news? I was definitely in the camp along with Barry. Like, I had to do, like, that double, triple take. Like, what? Is, is this for real? Like, this is, like, not like, oh, so-and-so's uncle said, like, oh, like, Netflix is picking up this series and going to be making a movie. Or, like, is this going to go Like all this other stuff, like all those kind of emotions like went through. And then like, I actually had like a friend send me like the official link. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is actually hundred percent legit. Like it's already reaching other people that are like, so in, like into the zone, like I am with like all the games and everything. So I do want to keep that optimistic hat on, but I've also already started to understand some of the criticisms. Cause obviously like Mario 93 kind of put a bad taste for, live action movies but um they can obviously have a really good like zelda story it just also depends on how it's adapted if they're just going to turn like ganondorf instead of being like a pig like ganon again like, and just turn him into like a unicorn or something well that's not exactly going to be like the best imagery there so like obviously it really going to depend on like are they going to target like pg-13 is it going to be like rated r like is it going to have like it really kind of depends on how they're going to be able to do it because if it's like PG, that is going to be very minimal, like probably like violence and actual like sport play and all that kind of stuff. So it, that's also going to kind of can drive a lot of that, especially since it's live people. They can't just say like, oh, it's like a non-existent people and creatures and everything, like monsters. But yeah, yeah, it, that's. 
So there's definitely some concerns that can go that way, but um, I was kind of hoping it was going to be an animated one because I feel like they'd have a lot more creative freedoms to do with it, but and obviously they can easily make it a tune link for everybody's uh, pure happiness there, but um, but I don't know. I feel like with, at least with like a using the like a animation, like they would be, have a lot more, like I was just saying, like different freedoms and even like the different soundtracks and mu- music and everything they can do with it. But it maybe it might be a little more understandable here, Link speak versus not. But I mean, I don't know. It can really do all sorts of different things that they can go with it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to try to be optimistic and hopefully that they hit the nail on the head there. Mm-hmm. See, that's why they did live action because they're probably planning an animated one with Toon Link, and then they're gonna have both live action Link and Toon Link meet up in the Smash Brothers tournament. <laughs> that's you know, right. These are different links. Hey, uh, so West Ball has worked on Planet of the Apes. Will he also do the Donkey Kong movie? That's what I want. There you go. Know. There you go. <laughs> it, it would be good for it. Um, yeah, I think it's. I I, I hope like. I hope they go PG-13 with it. I think that I, I can't see him going R because that would be ridiculous. Even even the Legend of Zelda games are not rated mature. Um, but going PG-13, I think, makes a lot of sense if they're going to make it and, you know, a true action movie. Most of the, the top action movies that we've had throughout the years have all been PG-13. Um, so that would that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. But uh, Jesse brings up an interesting idea in the the chat. He he's talked about uh, Kit and Krista and their their podcast talked about how um, maybe making Link some way uh, disabled or having him be mute in the movie could possibly be a connection there. Uh, what do you guys think about the Barry already shaking your head? <laughs> no, Link is not a mute. He just doesn't talk yeah. often, but. It's implied that he talks. You just don't hear it because yeah. characters are talking to him. Um, so, like, when the option goes, do you want to do this, yes or no? Like, Link is saying yes. Mm-hmm. You know, he could just be shaking his head, but it's understood he's saying yes. You just don't mm-hmm. hear it. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, people have been, like, they were worried about the Mario movie. They are like, oh, it should be Charles Marnet. And, you know, we'll, we'll listening to that for so long. You know, as people who grew up in the 80s we had mario speaking with the super show we had link speaking with the animated series it's not foreign to us it mm-hmm. might be foreign to newer generations but we grew up with link speaking we were more shocked that he wasn't speaking outside of grunts and ocarina of time than anything else um so i think he needs to be vocal i think he need they, they need to set it up proper because link in the game link is supposed to be a stand-in for you Mm -hmm. but we've we've had so many games where you create your character and that's more of a stand-in for you when you have an established character it's them you're just playing them uh linkle linkle might be in the game or in the movie who knows but uh it's one of those cases where you don't have the choice link or linkle you play Mm -hmm. as link so i think you know, when the game came out, there was no vocal. Mm-hmm. It was NES. It was Famicom. It was 8-bit. So they couldn't do that. And I don't think they thought that far ahead. And I think they just kind of kept with the older ways. But mm-hmm. if if nothing else, the Mario movie shows that Nintendo's thinking outside the box now. They're willing yeah. to step out of their comfort zone again 
you know, Mario 93 hurt them, even though it's not a bad movie. It's just not a good Mario movie, but it's a great (laughs) sci-fi, fun, campy movie. Um, But it hurt them. And now they're like, all right, yeah, let's try this. Oh, look, that worked. Mm -hmm. That worked extremely well. Detective Pikachu worked extremely well. We could do this. We could keep going. Let's let's go out of our comfort zone a little bit. And they're showing that with the games too, right? Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom were two very, very different games. I mean, they hearken back to Zelda 1 more than anything else. Mm. You know, Mario Wonder is a very different game. Like, it, it, it's outside the box. Odyssey, a lot of it was outside of the box. So we're seeing that now. And I, I hope they continue. Yeah. But the problem is when they decide to let a franchise sit dead because they can't think outside the box for it instead of just giving us more of the same. That's mm-hmm. where the problem happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, mean, I also was a, had like a chat with like one of my friends. It's like, um, you think they're going to be kind of adapting like one of the games as like a base mm-hmm. storyline? It's going to be a complete, like, like a very new ground up story type adventure thing. I mean, they could obviously do quite a lot with that too. And, that's a good question. I think there's one of two options. Or, well, one of three options, I'll say. The first option is a brand new link, a brand new story somewhere along the timeline or even a brand new timeline itself and just keep it separate. That's number one. Number two, they could go chronologically, in which case Skyward Sword would have to be the movie because that is the first uh, in terms of chronological. Or three, they decide to adapt Ocarina of Time or Link to the Past because of the popularity. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's, that's my guess. Yeah. I personally, I like the idea of doing something completely different. I like, I like how Mario did that. Like, I think, I think it was good for the, for Mario. I mean, granted, a lot of the Mario stories are, are very similar, but they decided to go in a different direction. And, and not that there's really any Mario chronology anyway. Um, but there's more, you know, of a, of a timeline with, with Zelda games. I, I like the idea of just kind of breaking from that. And just, you know, these are in their their world over here, the video games. This is a different story. It's a different series that we're going in. You know, keep those things in mind because they're going to be inspired. Um, but we're going in this direction for the movie. I think I'm okay with that. I, I think, what, Greg, what, what did you come to your conclusions from your other conversation? I do feel like they were probably just going to just have like their own like, separate storyline. I almost kind of feel like that. They're gonna be having a bunch of like Easter eggs in there. Like, there's just gonna be a scene. You're just gonna see like Majora's Mask or Skull Kid or something just hanging out there or something. And like, it's and then like in the next scene, then you're gonna just see like something from like Link's Champion Tunic from Breath of the Wild. And then like another room, you're gonna see like is like the Magical Sword versus instead of the like the Master Sword because that was from Zelda One. And like, I just feel like they're just gonna have like these random tie-ins to like all the different games and stuff through that too. Yeah. Unfortunately, I wish they could do some of the actual like the sound effects and like also some of like the animations would be perfect if they could somehow put that in just to see like like just like I'm pulling up his item like the bow and arrow above his head like that would be, oh, that dun, would dun, be dun, dun. Yeah. They'll do something totally. with that. Totally. Um they they could do like the Hyrule Warriors route and just make like mm. an alternate universe where everyone just gets thrown in there. But I don't I don't think they're they while they may nod to things, I think they're gonna wanna plan for sequels so Mm. they might not do too much but what i really want to see them do just to troll everybody is to adapt wand of gamelon where link gets captured in the beginning and zelda has to rescue him except zelda's not alone 
Tingle, live action Tingle helped Zelda. That's what I want to see. I want to watch the people cry rivers of tears. Let's make it happen. <laughs> that's that's a repeat of uh, Mario ninety three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and we we have to cast Rosie O'Donnell as Link, <laughs> and we need to cast Danny DeVito as Zelda, and that's going to be it. Yeah. Well. Here I thought you were going to say we were going to cast uh, Chris Pratt as Link. And <laughs> Chris no, Pratt no, is that already everything. Is, uh, Ganondorf. <laughs> no, that, that would be fine. <laughs> well, we did. <laughs> we already had all these different uh, posters that were that were made back in the day from AI. Uh, so at that point, Tom Holland as Link, Emma Watson as Zelda, um, uh, Danny DeVito is there with Tingle. Danny DeVito is Tingle. Um, <laughs> all these these crazy pictures that popped up, I think, like a year or so ago um, when people were just kind of playing around with AI and decided to, to make all these things. Um, uh, clearly, these were, again, these are not the, the uh, actual characters that are cast at all. We have no idea who the cast is going to be. But maybe some of these are inspiration. Of course, we very you know chatted about how we do want Danny DeVito in the movie. Um, but anybody else come to your mind if like if if for some strange weird reason they came to Nintendo Fuse and said, "Hey, do you want to help us with casting of this movie?" <laughs> anybody come to mind that you're like, "This would be a perfect character in this movie." Uh, any any make them to mind, guys? Well, I see him there. Indris Elbra has to be in it because he's in everything. So <laughs> you know. And and let's get uh, Keanu Reeves somewhere too. Yes. The Great Fairy, Keanu Reeves is the Great Fairy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Owen Wilson has to be there too. True. We need a wow. Yeah. We definitely we need, need a, a wow. wow for sure. Oh, oh, the the family that gets gets cursed, the Skulltola curse. Link has to cap- get all the Skulltolas and kill them, and then it, the person turns out to be Owen Wilson and was like, "I got them all," and he just goes, "Wow, <laughs> there we go." <laughs> <laughs> nice greg anybody come to mind really i mean you could easily make a lot of different cases like for i mean you could even like use like some of the people that like played bond as like link or whatever like when I mean, they're very obviously very like huge focus or even like whatever tom cruise even i mean because link's not also the most tallest either too so i mean you could go lots of different ways with this i mean they're usually used to like action stuff and it just depends on how big their budget's going to be and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff too, that they want to use for stars. I mean, didn't seem like Nintendo was really willing to save a lot of money on that aspect for the Mario movie with all the voices, but I guess you never really know. I mean, they could still just try to give some kids some good parts, like for like Link and stuff as like child Link is usually a part of a lot of the stories too. So I guess mm-hmm. you never really know on what direction they'll, want to go with it yeah but i don't yeah. really know like immediate recommendations because it just like it easily my personal tastes are not gonna be the same anywhere near what anybody else would say i mean it would kind of be funny to see someone like even i was just joking as like jack black as ganondorf i mean that would be kind of hysterical <laughs> but ganondorf is usually a much more serious uh individual but he does love playing his organ so i mean that kind of lines up with how they have bowser playing the piano so that's true Steve, yeah, I figured it out. What's I know that? what they're doing with the movie. I know. Okay. It's going to be the opening segment of Twilight Princess. 
that's the whole movie. Just that opening <laughs> segment. It's long enough to be a movie. Just him learning how to use a sword. <laughs> yes, the whole thing. That's that's the movie right there. <laughs> I I have I I do have one really really strong request nintendo if you're if you're listening i think i speak on behalf of the majority of the audience make link left-handed again yes go back to left-handed make him left-handed in the movie uh for sure and i don't know if that will that limit who they can uh they can cast they have to cast a left-hander um but uh i think they should definitely go back to left-handed for sure um and i i'm definitely of the the mindset of i don't I don't know if I want any big name stars in this movie. I'd rather see some like up and coming actors that maybe we've heard of, or maybe we haven't heard of yet. Like make link like an up and coming, you know, uh, maybe 19 year old kid that was like kid since me showing my age here, um, <laughs> saying 19 year olds, a kid. Um, but a 19 year old is like just coming into his, his own, uh, of acting. Uh, I think Zelda the same way. I think you could possibly cast a, a, a better known actor as someone like Ganondorf or, uh, some of those other characters maybe, but, but a Jack black or, or someone like of that caliber, that's so known I feel like sometimes takes me out of the 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 fantasy world. I think when when we saw Jack Black and uh, who was the other person that that popped into um, Mandalorian last season, oh, uh, uh, or uh, or a boss or a boss something like that. Um, but when they popped in all of a sudden and and Star Wars, I was taken out of it all of a sudden. Oh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I, it was fun, of course. Um, but I, I was taken I, I was taken aback and I was like, oh, I was I was you know roped into this fantasy world and all of a sudden, oh, there's Jack Black. Um uh, so it worked. I feel like that's the way know. with any known star though, whenever you're watching it's like, oh look there's so like like if you were just watching Star Wars and they turn the corner and they you know they need to meet with their officer like like the rebels and it just happened to be Tom Cruise like playing a brand new character. You're just going to be like, Oh look, there's Tom Cruise. Like you're instantly going to do that because it's recognizable. I think it all depends on how they play it as well. Because some, I mean, if it's Jack Black, Jack Black is Jack Black in almost everything he plays. And so, but if, if the, these are well-known characters that can, are actors who can pull off a different character and they're fully like acting like a different person, then yes, I'm all in. That sounds fun. But if it's if it's one of those those actors that's always the same way and like everything they play, then leave those people out. So, so you don't want Tom Cruise Mission Impossible. You want Tom Cruise Tropic Thunder. Is what you're saying. <laughs> no, I want Tom Cruise and whatever. They, they don't have the money to afford Tom Cruise, even with Sony no, no, money no, thrown in there. <laughs> no, you, you've seen Tropic Thunder, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise went yeah. uncredited because it was he was so virtually uncredited like he, you didn't know it was him like it was he was mm-hmm. so done in makeup mm-hmm. like that's that's the kind of thing like yeah. it's, it's a big star but you have no idea right but one thing you did mention and i'm curious your thoughts um you talked about a 19 year old we've had link be an adult and we've also had link be a kid are we going to get young link mm. or are we going to get a, is it going to already be adult link because we've had him in both, and usually he's a kid. Usually mm-hmm. Link is a young kid in most iterations of the game. Mm-hmm. It's just Ocarina of Time, uh, he's, where he becomes an adult because of the timeline. And then like Twilight Princess, he's older. 
Yeah. You know, in Breath of the Wild, he's older and, and Tears of the Kingdom by, by default. But otherwise, he's usually a kid. Yeah. Zelda 1, he's a kid. Zelda 2, he's a kid. You know, Link to the Past, Link's Awakening, Oracle Games, Four Swords, uh, Minish Cap, uh, all kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Toon Link is, is a kid. And Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask as well, uh, kid. Yeah. So where That's are they going to go with it? I think, I, I think personally, I'd like to go the teenager route. Um, I think I, I think it would appeal to more of an audience. Um, I think you're going to get not too many people will be excited about if you put a kid as as Link, let's just say it will become a kid's movie. But if you put a teenager in that role, all of a sudden kids are drawn to it and adults will like it as well. And teenagers, of course, will like it, too. And if you get like a ni- 18, 19 year old that looks like a 15, 16 year old, then you can also get them in longer hours and put in more into the movie because you've got under a certain age, they have to worry about all the labor laws and all that stuff too, and draws out the movie, all the production value. So I think going with a teenager route is what I'd prefer. However, I do like the idea of having some either flashbacks or something with the kid version of Link. I I agree with you, especially with Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom doing so well, where he's he's not a kid anymore. He's, He's young, but he's not a kid. Um, I do think that is definitely the smarter way of doing it. But if they do flashbacks, it almost seems like it has to be a brand new thing because flashbacks would be another game, yeah. <laughs> really, in a, in a sense. Totally. You know, it's like it's like the links and and like Link's Awakening. Link is a kid, but he did all of Link to the Past and both Oracle games before Link's Awakening. So he's like a kid with the experience of like a forty-year-old, <laughs> right? <laughs> It's true. So it it's so funny. So how are they going to take it, and what are they going to do? And if they if they do Ganondorf, will they have him turn into you know Ganon? Will they leave him as Ganondorf? Will they have the Triforce appear? Will it only appear as marks in the hand? Will it appear physically? Will they do the sages? Will they you know? And that's where Jack Black could be Raru or something like that. Will they mm-hmm. will they do you know the wise men? Will they do the the maidens? Will they do the you know something else the champions you know there's so many of the the almost the MacGuffins you right. know whatever um, will he have to collect stuff will he have to collect pieces of the tribe force will he have to collect shards will he have to collect mm-hmm. you know pendants of power you know what what medallions what is what is it going to be are we going to see temples are we going to see one temple five temples ten te- like how many yeah. temples like, like there's so much to it. Like how really are they is. going to make this? Like oh, we're gonna do the temples montage of going to like the eight different <laughs> temples and dungeons. Like no, I want to see like some of the bosses or characters. The you know the puzzles. Are we gonna see puzzle? Are we gonna see Link get into a room and like the door locks behind him and he has to figure out how to get out? And if it takes him five minutes to figure out how to get out in a two-hour movie, <laughs> like you're already running out of time. How many rooms is he gonna get locked in? Yeah, yeah, I. <laughs> I, I just, uh, I think, um, what's that? I think the big thing is, um, what <laughs> is your, you were mentioning the montage and everything all of a sudden, like knowing what they did with the Mario movie, like having amazing music and all of a sudden bring in real songs into it. Like I, I just pictured Bonnie Tyler's holding out for a hero song during a montage and all of a sudden like links growing up and becoming the hero of time. <laughs> That's what's, you, you what's see, playing you, in the background. <laughs> you you see like Link standing at like at the edge of lava, and you see like a platform, and you see Link jump for it and miss and like die in the lava, then come back and yes. do it again. Well, keep keep going. Like the hand Little comes out of the lava, away. grabbing. 
yeah. as he's eventually yeah. he like gets on there he's like teetering you know he's bouncing like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it yes and then like like something attacks him like a liz of attacks him and knocks him into the lava watch yes. they do that it's it's so <laughs> like all right that's that's done to death that type yeah. of thing like yeah. I, let's not do that right i think what i would like to see um and jesse's asking you know we want to be a new story retelling I would like a new story, of course, inspired by what we know already, for sure. Don't don't completely change this thing up, but we need to be we need to feel familiar with this. Um, but I I prefer if it goes a little more serious. Um, make this a dramatic action movie adventure. Um, don't don't play too much into those those funny things that are like you know tongue in cheek kind of stuff. Put them in there. But but don't make them too much because I, I want to really enjoy this movie. I don't want to just come out like, yeah, that was just a crazy, you know, adventure or whatever. I want to actually really enjoy this. Um, what I do wonder, though, is will this movie play out like a video game, like you were saying? Will he visit certain things, have to collect certain things, have to go to certain temples and all this stuff? Or... Will it, will they change it and actually play out like a normal adventure movie instead of, you know, playing like levels or whatever in a, in a video game? Or should they lean into that, that style and just, you know what, it is a video game. It's based on a video game. So that's the, that's the direction we're going with this. Or should it play like, you know, other adventure movies like Indiana Jones or something like that, um, that doesn't necessarily have this, you know this thing that you're like, Oh, go here, accomplish that, then go here and accomplish that, then go here and then accomplish that sort of thing. Any thoughts? Oh, you're muted again. It's going to have go here and accomplish that. Like it's, it's got to, because that's the nature of it. But I think they're going to make it more like a fantasy adventure than like you playing the game. Like, like I've heard some criticisms of the Mario movie being like, it feels like you're watching somebody play a Mario game. Which is fine. I don't look at that as a negative at all because that's kind of what Mario is supposed to be. I don't want it to feel like you're watching somebody play a Zelda game. I want it to feel like you're experiencing this world and Link is a three-dimensional character and he is going off on an adventure. And, you know, give him companions. Link has had plenty of companions over the years. Give him companions. Um, You know, there's a lot of people that have helped him, a lot of people that that stood by him or at least escorted him from point A to B and then, and then left. Um, let that be, let it, let it be, you know, things like that. Let, I would like to see an escort become a boss. They did that back in a link to the past. Hmm. You know, there was a character in one of the dungeons where you had an escort and it turned out to be the boss, you know, like let's, let's see stuff like that. Let's see. I also like a little, like, I'm not a horror guy, but I'd like to see a little bit of horror mm. elements. Like if you do the shadow temple or yeah. the spirit temple, you do like likes, like or or wall masters have a mm-hmm. wall master like jump from behind him and grab <laughs> him and have him scream, or a like like start eating him yeah. and like little feet kicking out of the top, like like absolutely, like let those a redead scream and grab on top of him, you know, like like I'm fine with that, like there that changes it up a bit. There should be mm-hmm. a little uneasiness. The adventure should not be. Let's go skip down the yellow brick road and have a picnic. <laughs> it's supposed yeah. to be a daring adventure. And Ganon has to be fearsome. Mm-hmm. Ganon, if, you know, Ganon has been portrayed multiple ways, you know, in, in Ocarina of Time, 
and, and Twilight Princess, he is an absolute beast versus Wind Waker, where he's more of a stoic, older man, patient and calculating, almost like Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Um, both ways are good, you know, based on the story, he's different ways. But I don't think you can come out with him being a stoic person. He needs to be young and fearless for his first appearance. He needs to be rash. And I think he needs to win. I think he needs to win at least at the beginning and mm. gain power because he needs to get the Triforce of Power. Mm. He has to get it somehow. And I think it would be a shame if they didn't turn him into Pig Ganon. Now, I don't see them killing him because he's only been killed, like, I think once. I think like, Link to the Past, he died. I think I so. You needed, you needed, like, Silver Arrows, and Silver Arrows were only in. And then Link to uh, Zelda, uh, Zelda 1, he died, too. Hmm. Um, or, or, or at least, uh, you know, the silver arrows disappeared, used light arrows to seal him kind of deal. Um, but they, they seal him like at the end, they have to seal him, seal him in the, in the, the sacred realm and have him corrupt it. And then the next game, have him escape. And the sacred realm is now the dark world or something like that. Um, do something like that. Will they have low rule? I mean, that's another thing. Low rule is there with Termina, uh, you know, Labyrinthia, there's like all these other worlds. And you know what? The original, well, Demise, maybe Ganon won't be there. It should be Demise, truthfully. Could be. Like Skyward Sword, Demise should be there. He's the one who starts the curse. They could also forego that and do Vadi. Vadi was a really early, early villain in the timeline. He was the second villain, you know, and he got trapped in the Four Swords, but he was an early villain. They could have both of them there. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, Jesse Glenn's talking about Witcher in, in the, uh, in the, the chat. Um, I like the, the newest, um, the, the Dungeon and Dragons movie that yeah. they came out with Chris Pine. Like I thought they did a really good job of, yes, it was, it was kind of fun, but it was also still this like adventure that had some real risk there and, and some real threats along the way. And I think they would, they did a really good job of, of balancing all that in, in a game like that or in a movie like that. So I I'd like to see something similar, maybe a little more serious than, than the Dungeons and Dragons. Um, cause I think they, they, they went a little more jokey in that, in that movie, but something along those lines, I think would be really exciting, um, for, for this Zelda movie. Um, I'm actually surprised that they decided I mean, maybe I'm not really super surprised, but that they went the direction of of uh, of a movie because I would have preferred. I, I think it would have been really exciting to see this like Witcher, like in a in a series, like throw it on you know online, have a you know a six episode mini series that's basically like three different movies or something like that all put together, going on different adventures along the way with this overall storyline. That would have been really exciting uh, to see. Of course, that's a lot more to uh, to take on, but that would have been really cool. And maybe maybe this is going to spawn something like that too. I think the reason they didn't do that is because of the Mario movie. The Mario movie made over a billion dollars. Nintendo saw that and said, "Oh, we can do that too." You know, I'm sure Netflix talked with them. I'm sure they were in talks with Netflix and other streaming services about doing a series. And they probably said, "Netflix, how many? How much did we get?" And it was probably for like eight episodes, let's say it was probably less than what they made on the Mario movie. And they said to eight episodes, if they're hour long each, it's eight hours worth of content versus a two hour movie, two and a half hour movie. And we make more on the two and a half hour movie. Let's do that. And they're going to keep doing that until they're not making money Mm -hmm. because that's just it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Unless Netflix says we'll pay the entire higher cost and, and give you, you know, a good chunk of the profit kind of deal so that you make more than us and we're paying all the costs. Maybe Nintendo will say, okay, but yeah, you know, they'll still, they still have to have control. So if, if Miyamoto is overwatch, you know, overlooking it, overlooking a two and a half hour movie is a lot of time overlooking eight, to 10 episodes right. <laughs> hour long each is that much more of his time which actually takes him away from doing video games True. so good point good point somehow we've got to be able to clone that guy at some point because oh, yeah. he's getting older too we've got yes, to figure out how to, how to clone him <laughs> uh welcome back greg and i had to step out for a bit um any we're gonna, we're gonna move on to just a bit but i want to give you a chance to any any final thoughts about this zelda movie yeah i mean it Certainly can go a lot of different ways. Look at we were all been saying, and look just obviously if it, they feel like the movie is the best way to move forward as opposed to the episodic content, then that's they could do that, and that's obviously a bit less storytelling too. So, um, the movie seems like it to be the best part to like to just be going through with that. Just we yeah, were just saying it's just a two-hour thing instead of as opposed to like ten with like a promise like extra seasons and stuff when you have to worry about cliffhangers and all this other garbage and stuff. So I mean you're not most movies don't usually end on a cliffhanger either. So it it obviously leave room for like a sequel and stuff like that, but it's not like immediately planned to have a sequel already like in mind like at the completion of it. But mm -hmm. I just really hope that they do it right and everything they try to take have everything all balanced in and have like a lot of the stuff we were like talking about like tie-ins to the various games and all that too. And obviously the link is going to have to talk as we've established the beginning too. So you can't really just have like the main character, not really have minimal dialogue. So it's yeah. just kind of waiting for I more information and see who gets all ca official casting like the Legend of Zelda direct that they'll eventually do. Mm-hmm. I think I think they will tease a sequel. They did it at the Mario movie, but I think they'll do it here. <laughs> you mean the the original Mario movie? They teased the sequel for that yeah. one too, but <laughs> well, yeah, both they did it for both, but they yeah. did it with the animated one. Yeah, you know the yeah. the this this one's just going to be literally like the scene's going to come down. It's going to be like in the forest, you know, cookery forest, and it's going to tune up, and you're just going to see a character floating down on balloons. <laughs> you know, like, oh shit, Tingle's coming. Things guys got serious. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. I think uh I think it'd be yeah, wise of them to kind of keep it open. Like they could wrap it up or keep it open for a sequel. Most likely, if they do it well, like they did the Mario movie, there it's gonna turn into a movie franchise as well. Um they've got to do it well. But I, I I'm really I was really pleased, very, very well pleased with the the mario animated movie and uh if they put that kind of effort in toward this live action zelda movie uh i'm definitely going to be there um day i'm going to be there day one anyway but i'm going to be very very excited on day one if uh if they put that kind of effort in, into this movie as well um, all right well let's move on because we still have lots to talk about in this episode uh we went like like halfway through our stuff so back on uh November, uh, I think it was 14th, November 14th, we had an Indie World Showcase that just kind of uh, popped up out of nowhere. Um, all of a sudden, we, you know, uh, we got those day last day sort of things, and they're like, hey, tomorrow, 
we're going to have an Indie World Showcase. So we had that on November 14th. We're going to go through these games uh, fairly quickly because there is still a lot to cover in this episode. We don't want to go like for three hours. Um, but I'm just going to go kind of a three to four games at a time, tell uh, the basics of each game, and then we'll kind of discuss them really quickly. So uh, at the very beginning, we got a Shantae Advance Risky Revolution. Uh, it's coming out sometime in 2024. This is a sequel to the original Shantae game on GBA. So local four-player local uh, co-op as well. That's uh, really exciting and interesting. Um, so... Uh, that's coming out sometime in 2024. And we got a game called Core Keeper that's coming out in summer 2024. This is a procedurally generated top-down dungeon crawler to offer eight-player online co-op. A game called On Your Tail is coming out sometime next year in 2024. And this is kind of a Animal Crossing meets Clue and Sherlock Holmes. It's a life sim, but also includes sleuthing in there. And also a game called Howl uh, that was available that day, plus a demo. There's a free demo available as well. And you play as a deaf prophet and save the village in a turn-based RPG. So of those four games, anything stand out to you, Barry? Oh, yeah, Chante is, you know, I, I figured it was coming. They announced that they were finally going back and finishing it and releasing it for the GBA um, as a physical. So I figured, like, all right, this is going to get ported to the Switch. Like, no way it's not. So I'm glad that the Lost game is finally getting finished. Uh, and Howl. Howl looked really interesting. I was tempted to download the demo that day, but uh, I didn't. But it, it did look interesting. Nice. Greg, how about you? Pretty much Shantae was my hugest uh, highlight of the entire Direct, so I have not played any of like the original games on was Game Boy Advance and DS possibly, but I haven't really played any of those, and what I saw, like it looks like very solid uh, in line with like, the types of indie games that I really enjoy the most, the action platformers and whatnot, so that was definitely the top of the list for me. Um, Core Keeper also kind of had seemed kind of interesting as well too. I had that one noted down. Um, those were like the main two that really I was on my radar, at least from these first uh, first few ones that we talked about. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you. Jesse in the chat is also saying Shantae for the win, and uh, a lot of Rescue Rangers um, vibe to the uh, On Your Tail game as well. Kind of yeah, kind of felt that as well. Uh, moving on on the next set of games we'll talk about, uh, one called the star named EOS or EOS, I think it is coming out in spring 2024. This is a photography based story solving puzzles, uh, to solve a mystery of the mother's absence. Uh, and then a game called backpack hero, uh, that was available that day, drop that day. Uh, so you can now get that. It's a roguelike dungeon crawler where you organize your backpack with the best combina combination of materials, a lot of inventory management. So you're not like uh, link, you know, being able to carry everything with you. You can only fit so much in your backpack. Uh, and then a game called blade Shamara. Uh, that's coming out in spring 2024. This is a side-scrolling action game where you wield a, a demon blade called the Lumina Sword. And finally, a, uh, a Highland Song, which is coming out on December 5th of this year. It's a side-scrolling adventure platformer that's hand-drawn and based on the mountains of Scotland, where the narrative changes based on the route you take. And there's a lot of Scottish folk music in the soundtrack as well. So, Barry, what would you think of these set? Uh, Blade Chimero was probably my game of the show. 
it just looks really, really good and uh, has me really excited to give it a shot. Uh, Highland Song also looks interesting. And I will say Backpack Hero sounds like the worst nightmare ever <laughs> comes to fruition of a game because I, I hate inventory management in games. And that, that's what this is. This is... So I was like, yeah, that, I, I appreciate what you're doing. It's certainly unique, but it's not for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It reminded me of that, uh, the game that uh, I forget what it's called. Left. Yeah, a little to the left yeah, where you, you organize the shelves and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Greg, what'd you think? Yeah, most of these did like really seem to catch my eye, but I did have like a note for the backpack hero. So I, I think that there's some that I don't mind, like the inventory take on it but it's it's really a lot like, uh really don't like like the um stuff where it leads towards like the paper mark the recent paper mario games where you like have like, to manage all these different like stickers or um in the, which case of like for sticker star and also like the color splash like the battle cards like that kind of inventory management is not the stuff that i really appreciate if it's just like essentially just like tetris and you're need to put like a whatever it's pulled to cover these three boxes and then you have to kind of like move it around just to always stays in there that seems like the more at my alley and that's kind of what i was more gathering from the initial trailer so um that's why i have a note that it might be kind of interesting at least for my take but i just kind of have to still see some more before i am fully sold on it but mm. that was at least the main one that kind of stood out for me on these ones i think the other ones are either like two fast-paced like action stuff which is not usually the platforming ones that go for and so that was yeah. pretty much the main one from this section nice it's a roguelike so i'm totally out um i've been burned on those i think barry feels the same yeah. way so <laughs> i also, yeah, I also had saw that too with like <laughs> don't know quite how much you'll have to be redoing a lot of the rogue rogue elements but yeah you never really yeah. know for sure that's why well, i wanted more information on this one <laughs> Uh, Jesse says in the chat that Highland song looks gorgeous. I agree. Um, and uh, Scottish music as a soundtrack, uh, you've you've got me hooked. Uh, it's a beautiful game. It's a side-scrolling platformer and amazing music. I uh, you, you've hooked me. So uh, Highland song definitely stood out to me of those of those games. Uh, moving on, uh, we got a, this next set of three games, which is like the big three before we headed into the scissor wheel. Uh, we have Moon's, Moonstone Island that's coming out in spring 2024. This is a top-down dungeon crawler where you're deck building and it has 100 procedurally generated levels, creature collecting, and a life sim and an open world. So a bunch of different styles of games in Moonstone Island in spring 2024. We also have Death Trick Double Blind. Uh, that's coming out sometime in 2024, but there's a demo available right now. This is a detective-based visual novel game based around a, miss, a missing magician at a circus. And then uh, finally in this section, we have Outer Wilds Archaeologist Edition uh, that's coming out on December 7th, 2023 for the digital edition. And the physical is coming out sometime in 2024. This is an open world mystery where you try to save the solar system and includes uh, it does include the echoes of the eye expansion in this game and the archaeologist edition of this game. So, uh, yeah, Moonstone Island, Death Trick and Outer Wilds. What do you think of these, Barry? Uh, yeah, this is another good group. Uh, Moonstone Island looks like a lot of fun. Uh, interested in checking that out. Uh, and Death Trick, uh, I like detective visual novels, and uh, it looked interesting, but I think what 
what sold me more on it is the listening to the developers, you know, them tell their story. Um, they did a, in my opinion, a, a really good job conveying and, you know, I really felt their passion. Uh, whether or not I, I play it, you know, depends on time and, and everything else, but uh, it's one I, I one day will check out. And Outer Wilds, I've heard nothing but good things about, but it is first person, I believe, and I'm not a first person gamer, but I've heard it's excellent. So it's exciting to see more Outer Wilds content for, for nice. those that do enjoy it. Nice. Um, Jesse says he thinks this period of gaming will be characterized where synthesizing genres worked and where it didn't, uh, where it worked and where it didn't, um, all the best of the devs, uh, don't get me wrong. Yeah. So I think, yeah, he's talking about like how a lot of games are just trying different stuff, combining different stuff. Sometimes it's going to work. Sometimes it's not, but it's a good thing for devs just to try different stuff out, which is going to be exciting. Uh, Greg, what'd you think of these set of three games? Um, pretty much the main one that stood out was the one that Barry was also talking about, like the detective game that did sound like it was pretty interesting. And then I kind of like that their like premise of like just trying to figure out who did it and stuff. And like you only get like so many actions, you can't like flat out just like accuse every single character. And then it also will impact like your relationship with the characters as well, too. So I that all sounded very intriguing. And I was kind of interested to see where that was going to go. And if this is going to turn into like thousands of different paths and options and different like ways to almost like a pick your own adventure kind of thing where like the, there's all these different paths that you can take and maybe you can still all reach the main end point just by the different like actions that you're actually doing then. But hmm. it definitely sounds very intriguing and was one that would probably be downloading the demo probably at some point and we check it out. Cool. Cool. Well, then they finally in, ended this uh, indie world with a sizzle reel of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different games. Uh, so I'm going to list those all off real quick. We got Planet of Lana. I don't know if it's Lana or Lana, one or the other. Uh, that's coming out in spring of 2024. This is a side scrolling adventure platformer. Uh, and then we got Enjoy the Diner that came out that day. It's a hand drawn visual novel. Also, Heavenly Bodies comes out in February of 2024. This is an outer space adventure where you're fixing satellites and re researching meteoroids. Uh, a game called The Gecko Gods, which comes out in spring of 2024. This is a 3D adventure game where you play as a gecko. Uh, and then also Passport 2, 2, The Lost Artist, came out that day as well. This is an art-based art adventure sim where you save your art career and bring art back to the town of Phoenix, or Phoenix. Uh, and then also Urban Myth Dis Dissolution Center that comes out sometime in 2024. This is an occult mystery adventure where you solve cases alongside the psychic director of the Urban Myth Dissolution Center. And then finally, we are getting Braid. Finally, on a Nintendo system, Braid, the anniversary edition, is coming out on April 30th, 2024. This is a remaster of the classic award-winning puzzle adventure where you change the flow of time. Uh, there's going to be new puzzles, hand-painted graphics, uh, hand-repainted graphics, sorry, and fully reimagined sound along with this game. So lots of exciting things. Of course, Braid is really, really exciting. Uh, Barry, what would you think about this? Yeah, so... Uh... This was this was interesting. Uh, Planet of Lana looks really cool. Uh, 
the Gecko Gods could be fun. But of course, the big takeaway was Braid. And what's interesting is they announced Braid Anniversary Edition, and then suddenly the Switch logo disappeared. And they're like, it was just all the other systems, and people were like, why is this not coming to Switch? <laughs> it's like, oh, we jumped the gun. We were supposed to announce the Switch version in this. But now it's back on the Switch. Um, Braid, is, Braid was probably one of the early Xbox Live Arcade darlings back in the 360 era. And it was such a good game. I don't know if you guys have played it. Um, uh, playing it. And, and there's a difference between playing Braid and completing Braid. Like playing Braid, like a few levels, it's fun. But beating the game tells an entirely different story. And what they do is genius. And I will not spoil it. But if you haven't played it, it is it is up there in terms of must-play indie games, in my opinion. Nice, nice. Yeah, I've just played it. I have not completed it. Uh, it was one of those those games that I didn't have a way to play it for the longest time. And finally, I got an Xbox. I could play it. And then I was like, man, it's been out for a long time. I don't really know. But now that they're bringing it back and it's all redone, this might be the time to finally jump on it. Um, Greg, what'd you think of this sizzle reel? Well, the main takeaway, at least for me, was great. I actually didn't even get a chance to play it because I've been just enjoying my Nintendo console. So it's been my main takeaway for me to be checking that out. I didn't even realize it's been out for such a long time, but it definitely looked incredible and I that was been like one of the along with Shantae, the other one that I really want most excited to play out of all the games shown. Um a lot of the other ones didn't really hold a lot of interest. Um sometimes with sizzle reels usually like some of the smaller downplayed ones, at least in my eyes, but sometimes they have some really good ones in there as well too. And Really apologize for my dog going crazy. <laughs> stop that as well. But dogs got a lot to say about Indie World as well. Like really, yeah, really totally. excited about Braid. <laughs> 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 well, let's uh, let's keep moving because we do again. Like I said, we have a lot to talk about in this episode. So lots of Indie World stuff that is there, but uh, we're we're moving on. So if there's more that you want to talk about uh, Indie World, make sure you head over to our Discord or uh, let us know in the comments as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, we also have the Game Awards that's going to be happening uh, coming up. Uh, is it December 7th? Is, is that the right? Am I getting the date correct? The December 7th. So Jeff Keeley's bringing back the Game Awards. This is the 10th? This is the 10th year, I believe? The 10th year of the Game Awards. Damn. So pretty exciting. Uh, it, it's kind of crazy that this is officially a thing now. So um, just want to run through some of the nominees um, and let you know or remind you that you can go and vote on on these as well. But Nintendo Life had a great rundown of all the nominees because if you go to the Game Awards website where you can vote, uh, you have to click on all the different categories and stuff. But thanks so much to Nintendo Life for putting together all the different nominees. And one of the things that we're going to uh, to see is that Nintendo is nominated for more awards than any other company this year, which is really interesting. But uh, December 7th on, uh, yeah, Thursday, December 7th, it's going to be at 5 p.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. Mountain time, and so forth. And uh, you can watch the Game Awards on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, but, yeah, let's uh, let's look at this list of Nintendo games that were 
nominated this year. So, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom has been nominated for Game of the Year, Best Game Direction, Best Art Direction, Best Score and Music, Best Action Adventure Game. And then we got Super Mario Wonder. It's been nominated for Game of the Year, Best Game Direction, Best Art Direction, Best Family Game, and Best Multiplayer Game. Mortal Kombat 1, which, yes, is on Nintendo system, if you didn't realize that. It's on the Switch. Um, probably not the best system to play it on, but it is there. Uh, so it's an innovation in accessibility and also best fighting game. A Space for the Unbound uh, got nominated for Games for Impact, as well as Chance of Sinar, also for game, Games for Impact. A game called Vinba is also Games for Impact and the best debut indie game. Fortnite got nominated for Best Ongoing Game, Apex Legends for a Best Ongoing Game, No Man's Sky for Best Community Support, which is, of course, now on Switch after a while. So, you know, now it gets uh, pushed on that list of Nintendo games. Uh, a game called Cocoon got uh, nominated for Best Independent Game, but also Best Debut Indie Game. Dave the Diver for Best Independent Game, Dredge for Best Independent Game, and also Best Debut Indie Game, Sea of Stars for Best Independent Game and Best RPG, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2 for Best Fighting Game, which kind of surprised me, uh, God of Rock for Best Fighting Game, Pocket Bravery for Best Fighting Game, Disney Illusion Island for Best Family Game, Pikmin 4 for Best Family and also Best Sim Strategy Game, Sonic Superstars for the best family game. Advanced Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp finally came out, and it got nominated for Best Sim or Strategy Game. Fire Emblem Engage for the Best Sim and Strategy Game. EA Sports FC 24 for Best Sports Racing Game. And finally, Hot Wheels Unleashed 2 Turbocharged for Best Sports and Racing Game. And then also the uh, Super Mario movie um, is in the best adaptations category as well. So lots of different Nintendo <laughs> games and products and, and IP in the Game Awards. This is not one of those years that we're wondering, I wonder if we'll actually see Nintendo there. No, they're very much there this year. What do you think of these nominations, Barry? I think overall they're good. Uh, I do think there's definitely some snubs. Uh and a lot of contention I'm seeing with people talking about like remakes, like Resident Evil 4 remake is up for game of the year. And people are like, well, that's a remake. Should that get there as opposed to a brand new game? And people are calling for wanting a, a category for best remake. Uh, I also feel DLC storylines are getting snubbed when they're independent games like Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Future Redeemed, which is a brand new exclusive game. Own title screen, nothing carries over. It is a standalone title, just like Torna, but it's not counted because it's counted as DLC when really that's just the delivery method. Digital and physical are just delivery methods. So uh, that, that part I'm a little annoyed about. And I know there was some contention with best independent game from Dave the Diver because the developers actually commented and stated, like, we're not independent. We are owned by another property. Like, we really should not be nominated for this. We are not an independent game. So it, it led to the spark of conversation of what is an independent game. You know, versus indie style versus actually independent. Actually yep. independent, yeah. So, 
So there's some little things like that. But no, I think overall it's good. I'm glad to see Tears of the Kingdom, you know, and Mario Wonder get there for Game of the Year. It's a, it's a repeat of 2017. Uh, you know, I'd love to see Tears of the Kingdom win. I think I think it has a chance. I think the only contention in my eyes would be Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, I think I think it's really between those two. I, poor Mario Wonder, just I don't think I don't think he catch a break with with that mm-hmm. area. But it's great to see games, see if Stars get nominated and Pikmin Four and Fire Emblem Engage, especially because that came out so early. Uh, Advanced Wars One and Two, like like Nintendo has three of the best strategy sim games right there. Like usually Nintendo's relegated to just family game, mm-hmm. uh, so it's nice to see them getting out there a little bit. Uh, but no, I think overall it's what I expected. Uh, there's, there's, there's always going to be games that are missed and 2023 has been probably the best year of gaming since 2017. And I will go on record and say it, this has been an insane year. So it's, it's contention all around and the real winner at the end of the day is us, the gamers. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Your comment about indie games and stuff, I think we're probably stepping into the world like music has where for a while independent music was a thing. And now there's an indie genre of, of music, which not all indie musicians are actually independent. And I think that's what we're kind of seeing in in video games as well. You have indie style of games, but it's actually been being made by some of the big companies out there. Um, Greg, what do you think of these nominations? I was very honestly shocked. I mean, I would just, even just like a year or two ago, I feel like there would have only been like two or three games on the entire list, even though there were plenty of great games out there. Like, like I don't even think like Xenoblade like three had gotten like more than like one nomination where you can actually see like Tears of the Kingdom as like several, and even same with like Mario Wonder, you've got like several too. So it's I think Xenoblade three got two or three, but it didn't get like best soundtrack, and mm-hmm. it's like what the hell? Like that soundtrack's amazing. But at least it was acknowledged. Xenoblade 2 was never acknowledged at all. And forget about Torna. But yeah, I mean, it, it feels like it's quite a different year. Almost like they like probably either like cleaned house or finally started recognizing that there are great games on a Nintendo platform. So, and even published by Nintendo to begin with. So I was, I actually had just, I saw like they had posted like for the nominations and what went through, and I saw that like Pikmin Four was like and, like even on there, and I was like, oh my gosh, like what the heck? Is... I didn't even think that was gonna even even make the list. <laughs> like I was generally surprised, like just hearing how like Nintendo wants Pikmin to be more popular and everything, and here it is like actually on like a list to be nominated. So that's really great to see that there's a lot more representation, and not only just the latest Zelda game and that's like the only thing that's on that is on like all these lists so mm-hmm. definitely lots of great games on here I mean I did play Disney Illusion Island and Fire Emblem Engage and Pikmin 4 there's definitely lots of great stuff here and I really still need to jump into Advance Wars and stuff too so definitely very happy to see finally more representation from Nintendo and as Barry said, it's all of us still win in the end because it's they're all great games that deserve to be recognized for, for all their different achievements. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, the thing that I <laughs> we've got a lot of categories now, which it makes for a long show. Um, but uh, one of the things I'm wondering about: what are we going to see? Is Nintendo going to pop up there? Is 
you know, probably, I mean, maybe Reggie's going to make an appearance, but he's not with Nintendo anymore. So is Doug Bowser going to pop up and show off some Metroid Prime 4, you know, uh, stuff on the show? Something like that going to happen? Barry, any speculation on what we're going to see in terms of world premieres? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, that's the problem. Is that It's honestly the Game Awards, if you've never watched it before, is more of a world premiere show than anything else. Like most of these awards are just either given away during the post or the pre-show or they're just thrown in. Like if, if Pikmin 4 wins best strategy sim, Pikmin 4 also wins best family game. And like that's it. Like that's just how they do it because there's so many world premieres. Um, as for Nintendo, every year I expect something. And I think that's because of 2017 when they came out with not only Breath of the Wild DLC trailer and launching that day, but also Bayonetta uh, 1 and 2, and then surprise, Bayonetta 3. Um, that was that was a really hype event and a really hype show for Nintendo fans. And I think we've all expected something since. And we've gotten a few things. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, I believe, was announced there uh, from Nintendo. And we've we've had a couple other things. A ban- last year, Bayonetta Origins was shown off i believe first there um so i expect something whether it be mind-blowing or not i don't know um metroid prime 4 would be awesome if they if they copy bayonetta and do metroid prime 2 and 3 remaster coming and oh yeah here's metroid prime 4 um that would be hype but uh yeah watch they just go here's the switch too <laughs> <laughs> You know, we really don't know what to expect. So the best advice I could say is go into the show expecting absolutely nothing from Nintendo. And hopefully you walk away surprised that they actually showed up and didn't show something. Yeah. Yeah. Greg, what are you, what are you excited to see at this year's Game Awards? I'm honestly surprised I didn't see Metroid Prime 4 on that uh, most anticipated list. <laughs> like Because people have forgotten about it. It's not in well, people's minds. And it's also games that have been definitely set in stone for 2024, right? And so we right now, we just know it's been pushed back. We don't know how long. There's also Why no hype for a logo. Like, they had the hype when they showed it off in 2017. But when you don't show off in 2018 and 2019 and 2020 and 2021, that, that hype goes away. People, all right, whatever. Like, you, you have to come back really strong at this point. They mm-hmm. lost their momentum. It's Metroid Dread at this point. Yeah, the original Metroid Dread, yeah. not the not yeah. the real Metroid Dread. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like in terms of other announcements, it's even been like kind of going back and forth. So then, like as Barry said, we got like the Breath of the Wild DLC, and I think 2018 was like, oh, you play as Cranky Kong and Tropical Freeze. Then it's like, and then it's like, oh, it, that was that was in the Wii U era. Mm. Oh, that was a Wii U era thing. I don't know. It, it, I just feel like there's been like times when they're just basically just going back and forth. And then obviously, like, was it last year or even the year before where they actually was like, oh, you can play a Sephiroth. And that obviously was very hyping stuff, yeah. seeing like Smash characters announcements and stuff. So, like, there's been a lot of stuff that's been like hit. And then I feel like there's other times it's just like something very minor, like, oh, by the way, you can never have like two player mode in Pikmin 4 or whatever. I don't know, like, just <laughs> making something up. But like, it's something like so like minor and like, Cos- like somewhat not cosmetic but very basic functionality like they've had so like that's very low points and that's i think that's where those are the years that people have their expectations really high and then all of a sudden it's just like a barely just like a drop in the bucket like like okay 
Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot about that Cranky Kong thing. Reggie was there. I got a big mm-hmm. exciting announcement. You can play Cranky Kong. Like that. <laughs> that's it. That's your big what? Yeah. <laughs> the Wii U is dying, and that's what you give us. Yeah. Um, that is an interesting thing though. I forgot about the Smash announcements because they did two. Mm-hmm. Sephiroth was the later one, but they started with Joker. Yep. When and that was the first. They had, uh, and they also announced I think Persona Five coming. It was also there, no. or was that later? That was that was the big thing is no one knew if it was Persona Five or oh, that's what right. it was. We we all thought it was, and then it was Joker, and we're like, well, are we also going to get a Persona Five announcement for Switch? And we didn't. Persona Five Royal didn't come to the Switch until this year or last. It was either last yeah, year or this remember. year yeah. it came, like very very late. And uh, it's one of those things where, you know, that was that was a, that's when you know it's a good trailer. When they, when you you know it's a Smash trailer, you know it's a character. When you yeah. have no idea and it turns into a Smash character, that's a good trailer. Mm. And I expect the next Smash Brothers to be announced at a Game Awards kind of deal. In fact, maybe they'll. You know, who knows? I think this is going to be the last hurrah for the Switch. I think yeah. this indie world was case in point. Here, look, this com- stuff coming from indies. We're getting it out here right before Black Friday and the holidays, so you know this stuff for Switch. But I think this is the last hurrah for Switch exclusive stuff. Next year is a Wild West, and I'm mm-hmm. excited. Next year's Game Awards, we could get Mario Odyssey too. We could get you know, <laughs> you know, this guy's Earthbound Five. You know, who knows? You know, they'll just figure out some ways. We'll give us four and five together because we've waited too long. Don't get Jakester uh, too excited. Also, <laughs> <laughs> like F Zero, like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, right? All the way yeah, up to 99. Well, yeah, they got to get to 99. <laughs> uh, you know, so I think I think because it's last year, it also has to be tempered expectations. Uh, they've stated they're going to keep supporting the Switch, and I do think they're going to keep supporting the Switch for at least another two years. But I think it's going to be like the PS4 uh, and, and the Xbox One, where they're still supported, but the games are going to be for both the Switch 2 and the Switch. Yeah. Uh, and I do think that because we know Luigi's Mansion, because we know Peach, because we know Paper Mario, you know, we have a good chunk of games we already know exist for the Switch next year. And presumably Metroid Prime 2, 3, and 4. So I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I don't know if they have any real surprises left for Switch exclusive or if those surprises are going to want to wait and hold on close to their chest for a Switch 2 reveal. Even if it's coming to the Switch as well, they want to probably want to save it for a Switch 2 reveal, which I do expect earlier next year versus later. Makes a lot of sense. So we will see. We have one more episode before the Game Awards, so we can maybe speculate a little more and see, talk about what we were expecting uh, a little more on our next episode. But uh, yeah, December 7th. And if you have not joined our Discord yet, that'd be a great reason to join because, of course, during the Game Awards, uh, we go um, kind of it comes alive during events like that, and we chat about what we're seeing and and everything. And so, definitely another reason to join our Discord server as well. Um, but uh, let's move on to some headlines. Uh, a couple quick three stories that we want to make sure that you guys know about. Um, we won't have a whole lot of discussion on these, but just make sure that you guys know all about them. And Barry's going to kick us off. Yeah, so speaking of showcases, Level 5 is doing another showcase. Level 5 Vision 2023 
two. So they did one earlier this year. Um, they started doing these, and they're doing another one. And this is going to happen on November 29th at 9 p.m. Japanese Standard Time. So I'm not sure what that is uh, in terms of Pacific to Eastern. But uh, they're going to announce further updates including the release schedules for upcoming titles such as Inazuma 11 Victory Road, which they showcased uh, last time. Uh, I know Fantasy Life I was delayed a bit on uh, the new Leighton game, Deca Police. Uh, so we hopefully will see some good stuff, but Level 5 is known for quality titles. And, uh, you know, stay tuned to see what they have. We can talk about it next time. Something that kind of really surprised the... Everybody, uh, Bandai Namco actually decided they were going to have some direct studios that are going to only work on actual Nintendo games. So um, these studios, there's like a Studio 2 and a Studio S, like a, is a new development studio that's going to specifically only work on actual games that are going on Nintendo platforms. And they've actually gone through and retroactively added Mario Kart 8 DX um, Tour and uh, Smash Ultimate to it. So who knows what... Other things will come, uh, Smash 5 perhaps, or 6, or whatever that is now, but only time will tell. And for all you Pokemon players out there, Pokemon Scout, Scarlet and Violet raids continue with a brand new 7-star raid versus the Water Terra type, Hisuian Samurott. And that's running November 24th to the 26th, which is this upcoming weekend. And then again, a week later, December 1st to the 3rd. So make sure to try and get your hands on a level 100 perfect Hisuian Samurott. Cool. So let's just chat about this real quick. Any any thoughts on those, Greg? Any any things come to your mind and you think these, this, these three stories? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely really cool to see that there will be some level five games coming out and I know they also have a, some games on Nintendo platforms will be kind of cool there. Um, haven't really played Scarlet or Violet yet. So unfortunately I'll have to be missing out on that raid. Um, but the Nintendo studio thing for Namco, Bandai Namco does sound very interesting. I don't know what's going to become of that. I know they've been doing some really good partnerships with Nintendo over the years as they've already done like Mario Kart and also smash brothers. So, um, this could be the sign that Mario Kart 9 is going to be starting development and, or at least continuing development there. And I know Nintendo always likes to preemptively <laughs> uh, announce Smash Brothers games that they've done with uh, Brawl and um, Wii U and 3DS. It's like, oh, there's going to be a Smash Brothers game. Like, so Barry was just saying there's going to be a Switch 2. And like, okay, well, Smash Brothers is coming to Switch 2. So it's like... <laughs> Could be the start of that too. So I mean, Sakurai worked with them for Ultimate, and never really know what's going to come up there. Barry, what do you think with these uh, these stories? Uh well, I tell you this, Greg. They've already actually worked on Mario Kart Nine. We have to hope they work <laughs> on Mario Kart Ten because they worked <laughs> with Tour, and Tour is Nine. It's uh, Nintendo's already <laughs> officially confirmed that. <clears throat> so Mario Kart Ten, hopefully, they are working with. Um, but, uh, I do think this is like Project Sora, uh, with the studio, like Project Sora keeps getting like put together for Smash and then, and, and Kid Icarus and then like disbanded. Uh, it's really just a group of employees that like the Nintendo says, here you go, Sakurai, put the work with these guys, do what you want. And then they come back into Nintendo. So I, I think after Smash Ultimate working with Bandai Namco, I think they're like, yeah, let's kind of just 
they're Bandai Namco employees, but they're just working on Nintendo stuff for Nintendo first party IP. And uh, that's that shows how good of a relationship they have. And I think Sakurai is going to like work with them. My my prediction is going to be working with them for what he needs. And that's going to be like his almost his like pocket studio. Uh, but they have, you know, talent, obviously talent. They've worked with some great stuff. So I'm excited to see what they bring. Uh, Zeno Saga Choji, bring it on. He just did Bait and Kaidos. Let's do Zeno Saga next. Um, get more Monolith Soft on on the Switch. Uh, as for Level Five, I, I'm a big fan of Level Five, and I think they do some really great stuff. And I'm excited to see the smaller Japanese companies being able to put on their own showcase and, and having the audience to do that because it it takes a lot of work to put them together and a lot of resources, a lot of money, a lot of time. So it's great that they have enough of an audience to make that worth it. And to do a second showcase in a year uh, is really, really cool. So definitely going to, you know, check that out and, uh, you know, something that we could discuss next time, which is good. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to do the raid next, next week. And uh, they're always exciting and always challenging and hopefully I have the right Pokemon for it. Otherwise I'd spend time farming <laughs> to, to get the right one. But I like that they do that. It keeps the game fresh. And of course, next month the dlc2 comes out so it's all like you know keep things moving keep things moving keep you know keep keep interest which i feel a lot of other pokemon games have fallen out unless you were into the competitive battle scene but this is more for like the casual like hey you can still get these and get some competitive pokemon cool cool let's move on to games that are coming out over the next couple weeks our next podcast will be recorded on december 4th 2023 but until then, we got some games that are going to be coming out. I'm going to be scrolling them, as always, on the video version, thanks to Metacritic. We'll be scrolling that on the, the screen. But uh, some of the highlights are Biomutant. It's coming out on uh, November, I think I wrote down 13th, but that is not correct. I think it's I think it was the 23rd. Um, and then also uh, Turok 3 is coming out on November 30th. Uh, Catan Super Deluxe Edition coming out on uh, November 30th. Uh, Steam World Build on December 12th, or sorry, December 1st. Uh, and then we got Arkham, uh, Batman Arkham Trilogy finally coming out from its delay on December 1st. And then Dragon Quest Monsters, The Dark Prince, and its DLC also coming out on December 1st. So, Barry, anything that stands out to you of this list or anything else that maybe uh, we didn't talk about? Uh, yeah, so I... Uh... For me, I'm going to be finishing up uh, Persona 5 Tactica. And then I have another game for review um, that I am plan to start and hopefully finish before the first for uh, Dragon Quest Monsters. Because uh, that's the next big game I'm, I'm really looking forward to. And, uh, you know, after that, probably be Pokemon DLC. And then that'll be the end of the year. But uh, Catan also. Uh, I, I might just go ahead and... I know there's a physical coming for Catan... I have a pre-order, but I think it's coming out next year. But I'm a big Catan fan, so I might wind up getting that just to have it digitally, just to to pop in and play a, a game or two, and then uh, and then you know bounce into another game because it's such a good game. Yep, yep, yeah. I actually have the the I think the basic version already came out last week, but I think it's the super deluxe version is coming out next week or something. So. 
Um, it's, it's weird how it is, but I do have it, um, for review as well. So we'll have to, to play a couple matches, Barry. Oh, um, oh, you see, you should, you should get me a code too, so that we could, we could play games. That's how we can test. We could, we could, if the uh, company, um, actually gave us more codes when I asked for them, but I'm not in a bad math on or anything like that. that was, we're, we're gracious for what we get. Uh, <laughs> uh, Greg, anything stand out from this list or anything else you're going to be playing over the next couple weeks? Yeah, unfortunately, probably nothing too much this particular list because I just got like Hogwarts Legacy and I also got, um, I was just jump starting into Dragon Quest Treasure. So, likely, probably nothing going to be picking up brand new. I mean, at least out of like the ones that are going to be releasing over that we just went through here. I mean, I did order Super Bomberman R2 already, so like, that will be coming later, but um, nothing that's going to be like just releasing within these last next two weeks here yeah 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 i think i'm going to just be spending more time with uh with zelda and maybe maybe eventually get it through i i think you know i'll, I'll beat the game by the end of the year that's that's my goal <laughs> um so still take, taking my time through it um but I mean, i'm just enjoying it taking kind of taking it casual and just really just enjoying it um and then yeah there's uh, there's several other games that uh that i'm thinking about but but yeah of the the ones that have just come out or are coming out soon um I am excited about playing some Catan and um, maybe, maybe Barry and I can get some time with it uh, soon and talk about it on the next podcast or, or uh, do a game chat about it or something. So um, yeah, I think uh, there's lots of games in my backlog. So I, 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 I don't need necessarily any of these, but um excited that, that Batman Arkham trilogy is finally coming out though. I know that they pushed it back. So um excited that it's this finally coming out and hopefully it's going to be really good quality uh hopefully <laughs> so well that brings us to the end of this episode again we're going to be back on december 4th with our next episode if you never tuned in live i encourage you to tune in live 8 30 p.m eastern time 5 30 p.m pacific time and uh, next episode we'll talk about that level five event and anything else that pops up and then December 18th, I believe, if I've got my dates correct, uh, yes. will be our final episode of 2023. And that will be our Game of the Year episode. So make sure that you guys are also thinking through your Games of the Year uh, because we will interact with you guys in the chat room. Throw those in our Discord as well. We'd love hearing what you guys think are the best games of the year as well. So be thinking through that as we put our list together. And uh, like I said, that's going to happen in uh, two episodes from now. So not the next one, but the one after that. We'll be recording that on December 18th. Um, but December 4th is the next episode. Uh, we are going really long, so we're going to talk about too much here at the end. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up. But any any last minute things that you like, we have to share before we before we uh, cut it off, Barry. Uh, yeah, for all our listeners, I hope you have a wonderful and happy Thanksgiving. If you live in the United States, we have uh, American Thanksgiving this week. So, uh, and I'll just say, I think I speak for all of us that you know we're all thankful for all of you. So, uh, you know, thank you for being here and listening. Yeah, absolutely. Greg, anything from you? Just pretty much want to echo that. I was going to say happy Thanksgiving to everyone that celebrates and looks into it and everything. So that was the, at least the main thing from my end. So happy gaming, everybody, and can't wait to come back next month and see what we all have been playing. Absolutely. Yeah, Barry said it well. Greg reiterated. I'm just going to put my stamp of approval on that as well. 
Happy Thanksgiving. We are very, very thankful for you. We we do this because we we love talking about video games with each other, but we love the fact that you also want to tune in. <laughs> um, that's that's so awesome. So thank you guys for being a part of our community and a part of our audience. And uh, we'll hopefully see you in Discord and social media and especially on our next podcast on December 4th. Join us in the live chat. Until then, happy gaming, everybody. Have a good one. See you next time.